Hello, hello everyone. Welcome to Let Fear Bounce. This is Kim Langling, your host. I am so glad that you're able to join us today. I hope you've got your favorite cup of coffee. You're ready to sit back and relax and listen to another wonderful guest that I have with me today. His name is Ari Gronich. At 18, he began wellness programs with three major corporations, ushering in a new paradigm for employer-based healthcare. And over his career, he has helped Olympic as well as Paralympic athletes break world records, win gold medals, and earn legacy championships. His mission as a visionary thought leader is helping to create a society designed from the ground up to be in harmony with nature, thereby eliminating the causes of disease and shifting the systems of medicine from an emergency mindset to a proactive mindset. So Ari, thank you so much for joining me. I've been excited about this podcast because I want to learn more, so much more about what it is that you're doing. Also, you are also a published author. And you have a book that's called entitled A New Tomorrow, as well as a textbook called It's Performance Therapist Certification Course. So first off, tell me a little bit about your book and your your textbook for therapists, and then we're just going to roll from there. Sounds good. Thank you so much for having me on. I am uh, I'm really glad to be here. And uh, so yeah, the uh, the book A New Tomorrow is really. Uh, it's about the medical system, but it's about every system. And it starts with the concepts of the butterfly effect and our consequences to our consequences to our consequences to our consequences of a decision that we might make right now. So then it goes into common sense and critical thinking. And again, it's, it's based on the healthcare system, which is really quite broken as we know. And, uh, and that's, been my my bailiwick for 26 years but um but it, it expounds onto agriculture and infrastructure and so on because what a lot of people don't know is that medicine began with infrastructure and so that's where the book kind of gets moving and it's designed to activate your vision for a better world so as you read through it i give you uh, steps and tips and thoughts and things and questions that you can answer. So I suggest to people that they read it with a journal next to them and start answering the questions that come up in the book about what your life passion is. What is, what is it that you want to be activated for? What is, what, what's the world that you want to see and how can you start creating that new tomorrow today? I love that concept. And I, I might have to go on and get your book after this podcast, I think. <laughs> love that concept thank you for sharing that yeah. tell me tell me more about how you've worked with um numerous athletes over the years olympians as well as paralympians yeah you know i i was very lucky in my career and the school that i chose to go to and and i just kind of happened to run into these coincidences you know you mentioned i started three of the first corporate wellness programs well, the, those companies, you know, it, it wasn't a big mind that made that. It was, I'm running the clinic at my school. We need more patients. These three companies are right backed up to our school. So why don't we just take our clinic to those companies? They happen to be Fortune 500 companies and they happen to be, you know, very large and, and some of those programs are still active today, but 
it it was really just a necessity thing with the uh, the sports. As I was going through school that first year, we ended up going to a health fair, and this health fair was at a big coliseum, and there was a sports game that night. And two of the athletes that were going to be playing came over to our booth, and I ended up working on them. I ended up at the stadium that night on the court, and I ended up running out onto the court um, to, uh, to help with a, an injury just by instinct. Yeah. And I ended up with that team for a year. Wow. Uh, as an intern, I was not paid. I was not supposed to be there, but I got to work with the trainers. I got to work with the the surgeons, the doctors, the, you know, that, that whole entourage that's behind the scenes that nobody ever sees with an athlete. And so I learned so much from that and uh, ended up culminating in going to the 2004 um, Paralympics. And uh, I was one of five team captains that led a team of 50 therapists from 18 countries. And we worked on all the athletes and it was probably one of the, the highlights of my life yet let career. Oh, I, I can imagine that would just be amazing. Amazing. Truly, because you're, you're surrounded by people that have overcome so much and they're, they're heroes in their own right, you know, out there <clears throat> blazing yeah. the trail and to be a part of that. Yeah. What an amazing experience that must've been. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the first time somebody comes into a room and uh, takes off their leg for instance, you know, it's just like, oh, okay. Or you're helping somebody who's paralyzed um, get onto the table and the seizures begin, you know, the muscle seizures begin and you give them a, a breathing technique, for instance, that helps calm those seizures down almost immediately where they might've been going for five, 10 minutes previously. So, uh, you know, it, just a, an amazing experience having uh, an athlete put a gold medal on my neck <laughs> was was pretty amazing. Yeah, well, I get goosebumps just hearing you talk about it because that would be that would be amazing. And it's a it's a once in a lifetime thing. I have a, a dear friend of mine who uh, tragically lost a leg in a motorcycle accident years and years ago, and she is now world known known around the world for her running. Her name is Amy Palmero Winters. And I believe that she was also in the Paralympics, but she has broken world record after world record for the past decade for being in these crazy, crazy hard triathlons and Ironman things. I mean, I don't even know what they're all are, but I follow her. She's just an amazing individual and nothing has ever stopped her. She was a runner before she lost her leg and nothing's ever stopped her. And her word, her word, her life word that she has on all of her shirts that she wears simply is believe. And she has been such an inspiration and that's just one person. I couldn't imagine being around so many like you were. It would just be, well, it would just, your heart would be overflowing is what it would be. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It was, you know, a lot of those athletes come from places where they're literally ostracized out of the community. They're not allowed to live within the community. And 
they are literally doing this to save their life because their country needs the athletes and so um, to compete for them. And so when you get 6,000 of them all in one place and they all see that they're all the same, you know, and they're competing it's just a, it's a different, it's very different than the Olympic athletes. Mm -hmm. Let's put it that way. And they yeah. break world records left and right. Yeah. You know, it used to be back when they started, it was because you're disabled, you can't compete in the Olympics. Right. Now it's because you're so enabled with your technology, the springs in the, in the legs, you know, all the things that they have. Now you're enabled, so you can't compete in the Olympics because <laughs> right. right, because you're too advantaged now. Yes, and, and so it's it's crazy what technology has been able to do for the sport, for the people in general, and um, and allowing them to compete like that in a place where it's like they're of equal value in almost every country except for the U.S. Hmm. It's really quite fascinating how little coverage on our Olympic channel, whatever one that right. is that year, there is of the Paralympics, which by the way, has happened for over 50 years, just, you know, 10, 15 days after the Olympics. Right. It's and you're right. At the same time. We don't see it that often. You're right. We, there is not a whole lot of exposure for it. And the, simply, you know, like I had shared earlier, a very dear friend of mine, that's why I pay so much attention to it, um, because she was involved years ago, and now she continues, you know, she's she's my age, she's probably 50 now, uh, and she's still doing it and breaking world records, and it just, it, it blows my mind that we don't see more of that. I know. Isn't it crazy? Yes, it's, it it's, is. You know, the, the amount of value that I guess the powers that be place in, you know, the citizens, because it's, we haven't even had an opportunity to view it and then vote with our viewing eyes, right? Because mm -hmm. in, in TV speak, it's all about viewership. And so we haven't even had that opportunity because they just have thought that we weren't worth the advertising. Right. You know, the advertisers, felt like it wasn't worth paying for advertising, whatever the, the, the case may be. Right. Um, I think it's time for a change for sure, because those athletes are so inspiring. And, uh, it, you know, and, and, and frankly, it's, it's some of it's amazingly hilarious, like <laughs> blind soccer. No, it would be fun. <laughs> you know, I mean, really, it, it, it's hilarious and amazing that they're doing it and right. competing like that. But you know, it is, it is, it's cool. Murder ball was, they, they made a movie called murder ball. It was a documentary about the wheelchair, um, a uh, rugby team, you know, and yeah, they're they're It's, it's dangerous, but it's fun to watch and they're crashing into each other. So come on, you know, us let's get some Paralympics going. Exactly. Well, and now we have these platforms that we can at least share some of it. Absolutely. You know, the mainstream doesn't want it. We'll get it out there somehow. That's right. <laughs> By golly. <laughs> 
So tell me a little bit more about <clears throat> you've got you've got so much. Your uh, your mission as a visionary thought leader is helping to create a society designed from the ground up to be in harmony with nature. So share some of that. Share some yeah. of that thought process and how it is that you're working towards that. Yeah. So let me ask you first: Is, okay. is this considered an adult show? Yes. Cool. So I'll start with with a quote from me. Okay. We made this shit up. We can do better. Exactly. Okay. So I'm going to start from the premise that we made it all up. This is all a figment of our imagination. We took our imaginations and we created buildings and we created money and we created jewels and we created all those kinds of things. We didn't make the jewel. We made it cut so it looks pretty. So we want to sell it for a lot of money because we made up the money and we created the value for what we create. You know, like we've created this whole mess right. that we're in. Mm -hmm. And we can do better. We can learn from what we've done and say, okay, but how do I want life to be for me? How do I want it to be for the future of my kids? How do I want it to be in the future in general? And then what am I doing right now to create that? We start with the premise that we made it all up because if we know that we made it all up, then we know that we can make something else up. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't have to be married to the concepts that are in our past just because we know them and they're comfortable. The, the, the biggest fear is the fear of the unknown. So if you're creating something new and you don't know what you're, you know, doing, that's where you stop. So my goal is to get people unstuck. You know, where is it that you're stopped in whatever it is that you're passionate about? Why isn't it that you're doing that every day of your life? And so when I talk about being in alignment with nature, everything from our corporations to, um, to our you know society, our streets in general are designed in these grids, mm -hmm. right? You go into a company and it's gridded out and cubicled and all that stuff. It's grids, 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 grids. Right. You look at farmland that's being harvested regularly. It's grids. But if you look into nature, just about everything in nature is circles, right? You look into the middle of a tree, cut the the trunk circles and at, at the, the base of everything is the spin of an atom, which is also circular. So if all matter and all things in nature are circular, why aren't we designing a world that's more circular in nature? So I'll give you an example. Uh, this is from a, another book that I'm in the process of writing called Tribal Living in a Modern World, the Corporate Culture Revolution. And um, really it's about how corporations structure themselves and how they might choose to do it differently. But um, the, the idea is that you go back to a natural cycle. So a natural cycle is kind of like a master 
and then an apprentice and then an intern, right? And it's in concentric circles. So if you're doing a project, you have that in a concentric circle, you have the accountants, you have the engineers, you have the, you know, all the people for a specific project you have in that circle. And it's, you've got the hub is the project manager, right? Now, don't you think that would work a little bit more efficiently, a little more, per, you know, performance doing it that way than say having the engineers in one building, having the accountants in another building, having all the, you know, marketing people in another building, if you put them all in one space now, and if you did that, whereas the masters, the person who's been doing this a long time, and they're not doing any work anymore, all they're doing is teaching. And the person that they're teaching is the apprentice. That's the next level up. So you don't have the hierarchy of, say, a supervisor or people that are above you, mm-hmm. other than the person who's teaching you. And then the intern is kind of like, the gopher who's learning everything along the way. Right. Right. But you do that system and now you have a nimble project that isn't taking a bureaucracy to, to pivot or get done when, when the tides shift and in the modern world, we need kind of like a Legos, you know, style thinking where everything connects and can be taken apart and put back together in a totally different way. And so that's kind of the, the idea of this is you could break an atom apart and put it somewhere else where you could, you know, take the master out, move the apprentice up and, mm-hmm. and a, you know, a new intern and you can shift the teams and stuff that way, but kind of get the idea that you're doing that in a circular way. Um, when you're, when you're thinking of roads and streets, where do you think the most dangerous places are? Corners and alleyways, right? Yeah. Intersections and such. Yeah because of the grid. So if you took away those harsh edges off of nature, so to speak, mm-hmm. you would create more safe safety, more, more safety, more roundabouts. Yeah, more, right. And more, more safety means right. that people's nervous systems are, are less stressed. When people's nervous systems are less stressed, there's less crime. There's less, you know, there's like, so if you butterfly effect, all of that down, you kind of get that we can create something different that isn't anything like what's been. And so we don't need to be afraid of what's been and the titles and labels that we've put on it, like red or blue or um, socialism or communism or democracy or, you know, like we don't need to put any of these these old labels Mm-hmm. on something that we're creating new, we can create something new that has nothing to do with any of that. It's and just, we can create just, a better society just, that, yes. that is more regulated by the people that are choosing how they want to be and how they want to live. Just humankind. You know, like right. you were saying with the labels and such, red, blue, whatever. It could just, you know, just humankind. There's too many, I think there's too many labels, which gives, in turn, gives people the illusion of power. And uh, I, I like, I, I like your concept and how you're going with that. And I like the circle. That's a nice visual for me. Um, it, bring, it, it brings it into, 
brings it into perspective and clear focus for me how you explained that. So thank you. That's that's fascinating stuff there, and certainly uh, certainly worth thinking more about. Yeah, absolutely. Well, think about it this way: if you went to a uh, if you're if you were sick, for instance, <laughs> and you went to a facility, and that facility was like a hospital, right? It's all segmented and gridded out. Now, let's say you go into my style of a facility. You walk in, it's a circle. You've got, you know, when you go in for your assessment, you're in the middle of a circle and you have an acupuncturist and a physician and a chiropractor maybe and whoever you need based on what your intake form was, right? Showed so you have all those people in the room at the same time. They're all talking about what <laughs> is going to happen to you and what you're going to do and how you're going to get better. Uh, so you're in the, you're the hub of that circle right. of, of right. care, right? Why do it we call it? It brings it more into, it makes it, it's more, it, it makes it more community minded. You, you don't feel like you're just a number going in. You know, and then here we have to send you off to this person. They're going to have you take some more medicine over here. Then we'll send you to this specialist. That whole, how you're describing it to me, you're the center of attention from all of these people. And it's a community coming together to, right. to, to help. Right. You know, so to help you think we get better? We'd probably get a lot better if, if we did it that way. We probably would not be as sick as a society if we did it that way. And if we learned about each other's modalities and, you know, things just like if we learned about each other's religions, if we learned about each other's belief systems, philosophies, mm -hmm. if we spent time talking to each other without judgment of or reaction to our side is right. And, and we can do that now because there's no labels, right? right. But if, if we were to do that in general, learn learn, learn versus judge and be ignorant about, right? Which is what right. stems hate and fear and all those things. Don't yeah, you I think, think uh, the, uh, I, and I always, I, I call that the, the sheeple mentality. Those ones that just follow, they blindly follow. Um, and they will follow with their hatred or their judgment. But I think a lot of it also, they have a lot of fear simply because they have not educated themselves on any of it. They're just blindly following words of someone else or, you know, whatever it is, they've not educated themselves enough on that specific thing. They're just blindly following. And uh, I think that's a big problem as well, you know, and if, if people weren't doing that and it all stems down to fear fear of the unknown, fear of what they don't know, but they're not willing to educate themselves on it. Yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll tell you my, my other favorite saying, one of my other favorite sayings from me is silence is a bully's best friend. So get loud. Okay. So, so I added on the, I added on the end, but so why is it that doctors who know better are not stepping up in more, you know, quantity, right? It's right. because they're afraid of the bully. Who's the bully? The AMA? 
kind of like insurance companies, insurance companies, pharmaceutical companies. They're afraid oh. of the bully. Yeah. But if only one person steps up and gets loud, then there is room for that fear. Yes. Now, if 10,000 of those people get loud together, organized, less need for the fear. When it's a million, mm -hmm. less need for the fear. Well, we have at least 10,000, 20,000 docs, people in the medical field that look at this system and go, this is not getting people healthy. I don't like this. We should do it different. And those people are doing things differently, but doing it quietly. Yes. They you need are, you to are get correct. loud. Yes. I have a perfect example of what you were just talking about. The, there are those folks that are the doctors and physicians and whatever that are out there, but they're quiet and they're, they're, they're much fewer than the others. I was speaking to a lovely lady yesterday um, who had a stroke at the age of 53. And for three years, she couldn't speak. She went to a chiropractor and he said, hey, I have this new machine and it's, it was called a neuro, oh, I don't have it in front of me, a neuro something. And it, it you have five electrodes that you put on your head and it's hitched up to the computer and it does just this bare, bare, bare minimal of electrical frequency and you do it for so long and but you can see your brain activity going but after 16 treatments of that and I, I don't know how long she had to sit there doing it but she had never heard of it until she went to this chiropractor and i think that there's only one or two of these machines in, in the entire country and this was years ago and um she now speaks after 16 16 treatments so it's 16 weeks she she hadn't been able to speak for three years three years and so then she finds herself at the age of 56 after taking these you know um i don't know i can't think of the word that i'm trying to come up with here the the type of treatment that's not typical it's a more holistic treatment and um i had a pot she was on a guest on my podcast yesterday and we we talked for quite some time and she's amazing she's like an amazing success story and that's so outside the box thinking and if we don't we need more of that is i guess what i'm trying to get to my point we need more of that and just exactly how you said it there's you know maybe there's there's many many less than than what is needed i think um because there's so many things just in nature alone that was used from you know since time began used in medicinal purposes that you might even still have in your cupboard. You might have something in your cupboard right now, but you would never think to use it because now a doctor didn't prescribe it. Right. It's amazing. Yeah. It is it's amazing. It's amazing what, what is and what we allow. And that's where, you know, getting loud is, is really about um, not only making your voice heard, but collecting individuals who believe in what your voice is right mm -hmm. allies yep and finding out who's not you know and 
finding out who you need to talk to further. So if somebody's disagreeing, awesome. That means that you can learn more. You can ask them questions. You can figure stuff out. Right. Why right. they think the way they think. Why is their perception the way they perceive? What is their, you know, what is- And it doesn't have to be, talk? it doesn't have to be an argument. And it doesn't have to be that one side is going to lose something. That's, you know, that, I think that's part of the problem too turns into an argument and one side's going to lose something, what they perceive as losing something, which is more than likely money. <laughs> and well, the other yeah. side is, you know, it, the gain to me is healthier, happier people. And isn't that what the world needs more of anyway? And, and just, you know, to further that thought, it's not just the, that there's an argument, it's the argument is because of the reaction and the reaction is because of the trauma, you know? Yeah. So that's where starting with yourself is so important. You know, one of the things I advocate in, in the book and I've done a, an inordinate amount of is mirror work. So staring in a mirror and trying to find something you love about yourself. Some people can't even look in the mirror. Some people will look in the mirror and they'll immediately feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Some people, you know, whatever their reaction is, but this is one of the most powerful things a person can do for themselves. Why did I react that way? to my son, to my spouse, to my parents, to mm -hmm. my boss, to my, what, what about was the first time I heard that? When was the first time I remember feeling the way I was feeling and how am I feeling about it? What was the actual feeling that I felt? Was it anger? Was it sadness? Mm -hmm. Was it rage? Was it? You're almost, it's almost like you're doing cognitive behavioral, behavioral therapy on yourself looking in the yeah. mirror, you know? Yeah, yeah, in a, in a way, it's it's kind of like that. It's so you're recognizing, you know, you're trying to, you're looking on your past path, recognizing those little nuggets that you took upon yourself unknowingly, you know, and then as an adult and these things are happening and you look at yourself and it is, it is damn hard to look in the mirror at times and question your own self. You know, where did that come from? And, you know, what you were just mentioning, I, I've talked to a lot of folks that, like you even said, they don't even like looking in the mirror because when they look in that mirror, they see nothing but sadness, loneliness, depression, um, someone who's not worthy, you know, all those negative things that just bring you down, down, down. Um, but it's also very awkward to look in the mirror at times and truly look at yourself truly look at yourself and not say, yeah, I'm all right. I'll work on that. No, to actually look at yourself and recognize you for all your magnificence, because we're all created as beautiful beings. We are. Everyone is beautiful in their own way. And they were made that way for a purpose. But so many times and so often we see nothing but that dark, ugly stuff that we carry around in our heads and 
the things that we never say because they're too ugly. It's interesting. Yeah, it's, it's that, all about that fear, right? Yes. It's all about that fear. Exactly. You don't want to and, face it. You're, you fear facing yourself. Right. That's more than anybody else, you know? Mm -hmm. Looking in the mirror more than looking at anybody else. Right. Yeah, that's a tough one. And that's a deep one. Because <laughs> I know it, there's been points in my life where I, I didn't want to look in the mirror because I didn't want to see. I didn't want to see all of what I know I had become, you know, this this bitter person that was hanging out in darkness for so long, hated the world, hated everything, you know, who wants to look at that? So you avoid it. It's, you know, it's human nature. Avoid what you don't want to look at. Avoid what upsets you. But eventually, eventually you have to. Eventually well, you have to. You don't. Eventually, you know, at, at, at some point in time, you're going to die. And you may or may not have found out who you really are. And that would be a shame. Yeah. You know, that would, it would be a shame, but it, it is possible. It is possible, but it would be a shame to, to have somebody who never questioned who they were, you know, right. Never said, am, am I truly in the right here? Like, you know, I mean, you get into that reactive mode and you can be self-righteous, <laughs> but then if you go home and you look in a mirror, you say, was that appropriate? Was that the right? Was that the right response? Was I re reacting or was I responding appropriately to a situation? Right. You know, like really question, is that something that I should do again? Is that something, you know, like there, there are so many actions that we take and the consequences may not happen for or to other people. They may just be the internal consequences that that we, you know, have for ourselves, but think back on your life. You know, not all of your choices have been the best choice. <laughs> you know that that's just logical. That's just human. So go look into a mirror, the parts of you that you don't like, you just say, those are the human sides of me. I'm going to look at deeper into my eyes. I'm going to look deeper into myself. I'm going to cut the judgment of being human and having scar tissue and flaws and stretch marks and fat and whatnot. And I'm just going to look at myself and my life and my actions and the things and the way in which I am. And I'm going to analyze, am I on the right track? Am I not? Because just doing that every once in a while, while so difficult, would move your life, your business, your relationships, your society to a whole nother level. And think about it this way. If everybody was doing that, if everybody was questioning themselves and saying, mm -hmm. how much different would it be to deal with the world. Do you think there'd be as many asshole bosses or <laughs> right? You know, I mean, I mean, really, I mean, like as many people, like 
if, if the guy who just murdered somebody, you know, went back and said, was that the right response? You think he's going to do it again? You know, like, but really truly asked himself that question. Like, <laughs> I mean, I know that's a silly way of looking at it, but, but look at it that way. Yeah. If, 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 uh, yeah, if the, if the world, if all people did that and it, as you were talking, I just, all of a sudden Louis Armstrong popped in my head. And now I've got his song, what a wonderful world swirling in my head right now. <laughs> but I, and I've always loved that song and it actually goes exactly with what you're saying because what a wonderful world it would be if, um, we could take all that hypocrisy and judgment and hatred because it all, it's all coming from you. You're choosing to feel that way. You're choosing to be that way. You're choosing to act that way. No one's making you do it for the most part. At some, yeah, at some level. I mean, obviously, you know, again, you, you're going to proper doctors now. So your get, body's getting healthy. So we're, we're diminishing depression and we're diminishing you know, emotional strains that cause nervous disorders that cause emotional breaks and mental breaks, right? So that stuff is less in general in a society where you're, where you're talking about like my kind of world, right? And this is just my kind of world. And if you want to join me on this kind of world, then, you know, reach out. Cool. Because I don't want to do it alone. I don't want to be on my planet alone. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I do want to be on, on a place where, where we are considerate of ourselves, where we look at ourselves on a regular basis and say, is what I'm doing part of my trauma or part of my future, you know? Right. And who do I need to be to get to the next place? And all those questions that, you know, wealthy people tend to ask. People who we consider people in power tend to ask those kinds of questions. So why don't we steal it and use it ourselves and get rid of that hierarchy and just say, Hey, we don't, we don't need that as an incentive, you know, right. right now the incentives of our society are so skewed and out of whack and they have nothing to do with making sure the humans are, are healthy and happy and right. anything else. It's, it's like, uh, we've, we've turned the earth into our arcade game and yeah. We're playing out scenario after scenario in, inside of this box game that we created. Yes. And if people actually, I think people fear to sit down and actually think about it and recognize it for what it is, you just have to look what's happened over the last year. And you'll, you'll see the shift in the, in the mindset of people where they blindly follow and blindly agree then i i you know you said you don't want to be alone on your own planet <laughs> it has to start somewhere you know it has to start somewhere and all of the great things always started with one person going against the norm you know you're you're walking you're walking upstream there's like all these you're walking against whitewater rapids some days probably you know you're going against the current at at times and it probably feels very frustrating. I know it does for me. Um, it can be very frustrating and you look at the world and you're thinking, I'm just so discouraged and dismayed. That's, I don't watch TV anymore. I stopped watching TV last March, last March. I watch no TV. 
because it's nothing but crap. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just nothing. It's, it's total either. crap anymore. And the, the news and social media, you know, I, I, I steer away from so much on social media. I use social media a lot. Yes, I do. But I am now, I am, I'm so gravitated towards the people that are trying to spread goodness and kindness and make change, make change for the good in the world. And that's where I'm, I've, I've gravitated towards. And that way, I, I felt very strongly nudged to do that. I've always wanted to, but then you're always under that, you know, you're working, you've got your bosses, maybe you have a spouse or something. Oh, I have to do things this way and I need to do this way. And I can't think about that. I've reached a point in my life where I'm like, you know what, poop on what everybody else thinks and going with the norm and being, you know, the status quo. I don't, I don't want to be status quo. <laughs> I want to be the one out there that you said we got to get a little loud. Yeah, I want to be out. I want to be the one out there getting a little loud. Yeah. Wait, waking some people up, damn it. <laughs> you know, it, it, if you don't wake anybody else up, at least you wake yourself up. Exactly. Yes. Right? And it, it just, it starts it's with one. A fog. I don't know if, if you've ever done primal screaming, right? I've never done it intentionally, but I have done it and I felt better for it. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> so when you get loud, you have an added benefit of release, mm -hmm. whether you're releasing to an audience or not. So getting loud is not just about getting loud externally, but getting loud internally. Yes, that's right. Letting your soul sing. That's how I look at it anyway. <laughs> well, I thank you so much for being with me today. I could keep on talking about this for a long time. So you're going to have to come back on again sometime. How's that? Sounds good. Okay. This was wonderful. Thank you so much for joining me today. And um, yeah, I'm going to keep me up to date on this new book that you're working on because I certainly want to hear it. And anything else that you're working on on your own planet, I want to hear about that too. Sounds <laughs> good to me. All right. Thanks again and have a wonderful day. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks.